Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is your boy Isaac. And this is your boy Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And folks, we have a wonderful guest today. Oh, man, she's got a lot of things going on, a lot of history in this sport, and uh, we are really excited to talk to her. And Bryce, I know that you made this connection. We actually ran into her at uh, the Indian Wells event last month. Talk to us about our guest. Well, you know, we met at the BMP Paribas tournament last month and uh, we ran into her. She saw us with our Brothers on Tennis shirts on and uh, found out that we had a common uh, uh, connection uh, with uh, Mr. Glenn Gilliam. And uh, we had been looking forward to meeting and we finally got to get together. And once we started talking to this lady, we found out how rich her history was not only in the black community, but in tennis, and now into kind of like the new world of pickleball. And right. many of you tennis players I know are out there playing that game. Linda is a certified coach here, not only in tennis, but in pickleball. And I think there are just a very few number of people that have that designation. So uh, we're still out here in, in the Palm Desert cities. Uh, we thought we'd take a few minutes to sit down, share with you Linda's story, her background, and to understand from her perspective, how is the game or the interest in tennis maybe shifting a little bit more to pickleball? So with that, welcome Linda to Brothers on Tennis. Thank you so much, guys. It's so exciting to get an opportunity to be with you all. And thank you so much for the Brothers on Tennis. You all have done an excellent job. So many people have have mentioned you all. And I said, I'll get a chance to meet them. They're going to be somewhere. So uh, when I saw the T-shirts, and I was like, there they are. (laughs) And so, yes, it is is a fabulous day. I I, uh, go way back to tennis. Uh, started in tennis as a young girl in Alabama. Uh, we didn't have tennis in the high school, so I did not play in high school, but I did play at Tuskegee. It used to be Tuskegee Institute. When I was there, it was an institute. And of course, now it's Tuskegee University, so you know we go back. <laughs> I was there probably, I would say, um, maybe a few years after the Commodore. Okay. Uh, nice. So, so I know all about HBCUs and all that. <laughs> right, all right. So, I'm going to fast forward in terms of of around 1991-92. I received the position of minority participation coordinator for the Southern Section of the United States Tennis Association, which is the governing body of tennis. Mm-hmm. We're talking about 92, somewhere 92, I'll say maybe 93. I received that position. And in that position, I got a chance to travel nine states because the southern section of the USTA is the biggest of all of the sections of the USTA. Mm -hmm. There are about maybe maybe 10, 11 sections, but the southern section is the biggest because it has nine states. So uh, from that, I received an opportunity to travel all around the Carolinas, uh, Louisiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, and of course, Georgia, and so forth and so on. I, I got an opportunity to, re, to meet Richard Williams at that particular time. I met him, I think it was maybe around 93, 94. Uh, and, and at that time, he was promoting the girls. They were just, they were not playing junior tournaments. They didn't play on the junior circuit. They actually went out and, and did exhibitions. 
Okay. They did exhibitions. And um, mm, a little time later, uh, I think uh, somewhere thereby, he was, uh, they were at Rick Macy. Mm -hmm. They make Rick Macy program. I know Rick Macy well because uh, being a certified tennis teacher, Rick Macy is certified tennis teacher in Florida as well. So they was with Rick Macy, and they might have spent a little bit time with Bulletary, but briefly. Uh, So it was a great experience for me promoting tennis and the Southern section, which was considered to be the toughest section at that time. And it was really a pleasant delight. Uh, uh, Traveling there and then from there, being able to attend uh, the U.S. Open uh, on a consistent basis in the nineties, being a, a, uh, employee of the United States Tennis Association, um, went to Paris, also, uh, went to, uh, Wimbledon. The only tournament I have not attended of the Grand Slam has been Australian Open. Oh, wow. And I was actually, uh, this year now trying in the past couple of weeks, uh, got my passport renewed, trying to attend Australian Open, and my understanding they haven't quite opened it up yet. Right. So, so I've actually been in tennis, guys, for about oh my gosh, I would say oh I'm still trying to be young. <laughs> ah, so uh, we're we're looking at I've been in tennis probably uh, thirty some years because I started playing in Alabama uh, somewhere I would say late seventy eighties. Uh, so when when we look at tennis in terms of of what Venus or Serena has done, we're talking about currently. And then we go back to Arthur Ashe and Athea Gibson. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to speak to Athea Gibson on the phone at her stage or maybe several months before she passed away. Okay, so a wonderful person. Uh, she didn't have an opportunity at that time. They didn't really make any money in tennis. Right. So, so um, it, it was a, a tough time for her, but she did an excellent job. Uh, Thea Gibson was known for her serve. She had an excellent serve. Arthur Ash, I got a chance to actually spend time with him at Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. Okay. Uh, he used to come near with the Dennis Vandermeer program uh, to teach uh, the backhand for the tennis teachers. And I was quite young at the time, but uh, he and his wife used to come there and she used to take photos. She was a photographer. She still is a photographer okay. uh, at, at the Fusque Island. And uh, so it was great getting a chance to go way back and uh, Zena Garrison and Laura McNeil meeting them along the way. Actually, whatever I could do to help um, assist uh, some of them as they, uh, the process that we're speaking of minority tennis and bringing it forward to the, to currently, which everybody knows, um, we have the, the, uh, uh, Katrina Adams played on the tour. She played doubles primarily, and she was the, the president, of course, of the USTA for several years. So we got a chance to, to work with her some, but in the process of, of, uh, myself and tennis, um, now uh, I am. Uh, I've got involved with pickleball about mm, prior to the pandemic, maybe a year or two prior to the pandemic, and uh, they introduced pickleball to us at a tennis teachers conference. And at that particular time, I saw it. 
it, it was so visible that it was going to be uh, just uh, an excellent sport. It was going to grow the popularity. And so I immediately got involved with pickleball. And, and when I got involved with pickleball, I said, well, the best thing to do is get my license. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you receive your license, but to really actually get a chance to know the sport, I thought the best thing for me to do is still play in the tournaments. Yeah. And I could have that experience like I did when I was a young girl in Alabama. I would play the tournaments and actually really learn about tennis. And then I would have people inquire, so I want you to be my teacher. And so that's how I actually got involved in teaching tennis years ago in Alabama. And uh, so it's just been a great journey. Uh, 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 I also have several degrees. Uh, as we stated uh, about Tuskegee, I have a law degree and a uh, BS degree, uh, political science from Tuskegee uh, in the University of Alabama with the law degree. Tuskegee didn't have a, a law program at this point that I know of, but I did go to, I actually went to Southern for a year and then transferred to the University of Alabama. Southern. I went to Southern, yes, yes, yes. I went to Southern for a year and then transferred because I wanted to make sure it's something I wanted to do because I wanted to be in criminal justice, but I thought the best way to learn criminal justice is to actually get involved with law. And I actually uh, proceeded on and I, in terms of uh, academically, I work with uh, the Department of Education Office of Civil Rights uh, in investigations. And uh, I was uh, many times uh, was recruited by FBI and so forth and so on, but I didn't necessarily want, there were some things that I didn't necessarily, I carried a, a gun or whatever, I didn't necessarily that wasn't what I, I wanted to do, but I was able to pursue civil uh, investigation. So I did a, quite a bit of civil investigation, Department of Education, EEOC, and some other agencies. And um, so it's just, it just been great. Uh, so as we go back to talking about tennis, I actually also got an opportunity to work with the Olympics, the 1996 okay. Olympics was in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And so being that I was there working with the Southern section, so we actually got a chance to help organize the 1996 Olympics. Uh, I work with a member of schools. I work with when I, in, I, I, about 2009, 10, I moved to Los Angeles, California. Okay. When I moved to Los Angeles is when I actually did the bulk of my tennis teaching, I taught from about 2000, latter part of 2008, nine, up until uh, now I'm currently in Palm Springs. So it had to be 2018. Uh, it went 2018, 2019. It's when I spent about maybe 10, 11 years in Los Angeles teaching at various colleges, uh, high schools, and just private lessons. I actually taught a number of celebrities in Los Angeles, uh, which was outstanding. Uh, And so from there, I began to come to Palm Springs. Again, wanted to learn how to teach pickleball. What is this pickleball all about? And that happened, began around 2018, 19, prior to the pandemic. Pandemic was 2020, and so that was really, really great. Um, seeing how 
when I first began to see that numbers, the number of people playing pickleball, because pickleball is a mixture of three sports. Okay. It's a mixture of badminton because of the size 44 by 20. It's a, uh, uh, utilize a paddle, which is ping pong. And then the technique of how to hit the ball, uh, implementation of the shots resemble tennis. Right. Okay. So there have been a number of uh, tennis players that are playing pickleball, that are teaching pickleball, that are now on the tour in terms of pickleball. So it's, 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 um, the growth has been tremendous. Um, and I think what originally happened in pickleball, when pickleball first came out, pickleball, they would take the lines and turn tennis courts into pickleball courts. Right. So there was kind of a, a a conflict a little bit there with tennis players, tennis coaches, coaches, so forth and so on with pickleball. But now the the there seemed to be more of a collaboration uh, that's happening at this point in time, and I'm glad to see that because I think there's a place for pickleball and tennis. Tennis will always be what it is, fantastic, yes, and, and it's always going to be there. And uh, but pickleball is growing. It's fun. Most of the people, guys, uh, they play pickleball. It's four people. Ninety some percent recreational players. We're not talking about professional because professionals, you go see some singles because they're playing for money. Right. So they have a different goal and objective than the everyday person. Right. But most of your pickleball players, they're they're uh, mm. they're four people, and it's it's so much fun. And it's so social. Mm-hmm. And and it's relatively, guys, easy to learn. It's relatively easy to learn. But once you move higher at a higher level in pickleball, uh, then it's, it's really, really a little bit more complex. Okay. Uh, so it's a lot involved. Some people say, well, I play tennis. Oh, it's just mini tennis. No, it's not. Pickleball, at the beginning, it does resemble uh, tennis to a certain degree but as you move up and you begin to play pickleball more you have your third shot drops you have your dinks you have a lot of shots that a lot of volume all type of volume that you don't have in tennis so so it has been uh, a tremendous sport in terms of, of people playing so again I'm playing some tournaments myself and enjoying it and uh, uh, it's very again it's very competitive but on a rec- recreational level it's more fun and uh, I just see the growth there I'm still excited about tennis that's my first love and always you know we all have our first loves right <laughs> so uh, tennis will always be my first love but I also enjoy as I mature. Uh, I, we know what we mean when we're maturing, right? right. As I mature, uh, I don't have to uh, hit all the different types of serves. It's a little bit less on the body. So I think that is the reason why pickleball has grown a lot to a certain degree also, guys, because pickleball actually started with people, I would say people maybe in the 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. Now... Uh, yes, uh, now it's trickling down. And uh, so you have, uh, you know, young people, you know, uh, 
at all levels, your college students playing pickleball. So I'm excited about both, hoping that the two uh, tennis, as with me, I'm licensed in both, uh, that we can work together more and just enjoy life. I see that both sports helping each other yeah, and, and, and uh, in collaboration with the, uh, you know, with the, the racket uh, sports industry. So it's it's just it's just been amazing for me. I'm still excited. Uh, I I'm thinking about perhaps maybe uh, taking out maybe several months and going on the tour in pickleball. Even oh, as okay. a mature person, mm-hmm. I'm really thinking about maybe three or four months go out there just to see what happens. Right? Yeah. I did it in tennis years ago. I necessarily want to be a pro like you see Venus and Serena right. and and all the others. Sharapova. Uh, and uh, Roger Federer and so forth and so on, and uh, that, that has really done a fantastic job in the sport of tennis. Right. At this particular point in time, the monies are not necessarily at that level in pickleball, mm-hmm. it's, it's, right. it's, it's, it, but it's beginning. Right. It's the beginning. Pickleball, actually, guys, were invented in 1965, but its growth just, just developed. I would say my understanding now. Uh, in the past three to four to five years. Now, there may be some variations, but that's when a lot of t- tennis players, golfers, uh, what the, all the other uh, type of sports got involved in pickleball just very recently. So I'm excited about it, and I'm excited to be here with you all. And if you have any particular questions, I mean, I I just have a vast experience of, of of many years of tennis and now several years of really, really into pickleball. And um, if there are questions or whatever, be happy to answer. Uh, but I know at the current time, there's a lot of interest has grown in terms of HBCUs. So yes. I'm Tuskegee all the way. What's up in this way? That's right. That's right. So uh, again, uh, we're, we're excited and we're going to go forth and see whatever we can do to uh, make tennis and pickleball better. I, I love both sports, so it's it's an exciting time for me. So I have a question for you. Now, okay. For me, I am familiar with paddle tennis. Okay. And to uh-huh. me, as I'm watching, and by the way, uh, listeners, we are out here at uh, Rancho Mirage Community Park mm-hmm. because Isaac and I have never played pickleball before. So after this interview. Uh, Miss Paulding here is going to introduce us to the game, and so that's I'm, right. I'm that's sure right. It's be I'm ugly. excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be ugly, <laughs> but we're going to step on out there. All right. But, but anyway, it reminds me a lot of paddle tennis. Mm-hmm. So where does mm-hmm. paddle tennis fit in between tennis and pickleball? You know, um, the the paddle tennis is similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know all the ins and outs of paddle tennis at this time. Do you also have? Uh, there are some performance tennis. There are all kinds of of uh, uh, tennis type programs because of pickleball. Uh, but what makes uh, pickleball so unique? Again, if if you have a, uh, a tennis or a, a paddle type of background, um, the pickleball is going to just all of them are, are just racket sports. You know, and we're speaking of racket, paddle, racket, same thing, of course. And so um, so I don't know all about in terms of the paddle part, but it, it's, it's um, 
pretty much most of them, the, the size of the course are very similar, and they are using a, a paddle. So, so the, you're not going to have the the um, big uh, tennis racket is playing surely at a shorter uh, level in terms of equipment that you're utilizing. Mm-hmm. So all of the paddle, the pickleball, and all are, are are different in terms of tennis in that manner, but they all are, are, are similar. It's according to the lines and the sizes that you're in, and then. Um, in terms of the speed of the sport, mm-hmm. also with all of the paddle pickleball t- uh, sports, outside of we know how tennis is, is we utilizing a racket. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Uh huh. Gotcha. So I guess the question that I have for for you, Linda, and this is more so on the on the tennis side of it, is how are you introduced to it as a young child? How did tennis become a part of your your being, if you will. Sure. I, I mean, great. I, you know, what was interesting is uh, growing up in Alabama, uh, you know, my parents have always been uh, visionary. They, they saw the vision and they would take me to tennis courts and they would take me to golf courts. In fact, I, I played golf for a while. Okay. I, I was an avid golfer for years. I actually played golf in Alabama and Georgia and a little bit in South Carolina. Okay. So so they they saw uh, 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 and uh, what the potential and they always was very uh, interested in uh, me playing the golf and the tennis, you know, great sports, basketball and all the other wonderful sports, but they wanted me to you know you can play these other sports as well so um you know that's how I got involved my mom and dad uh bought me a tennis racket and they would take me around to learn wherever I could go to take clinics or whatever and uh, it was just excellent because I actually played for Tuskegee I played on the tennis team for Tuskegee so it helped me through school so they 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 introduced me to tennis in terms of yeah, I want you to learn tennis. I want you. We also want you to learn golf as well. Gotcha. So gotcha. very, very good. I, I, I still, when I get an opportunity, I'm so busy. I still try to get out and, and play golf a little bit. So, so I want to tap a little bit into your history of blacks and African Americans in the sport of tennis. Uh-huh. You, you've worked with. I mean, you've named Althea Gibson. You've named. Rash, mm-hmm, his name mm-hmm. Richard Williams. These are some of the biggest. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We've had in the sport from, right, right. from the culture. Um, how have you seen um, the role of tennis and the black community change and transition over the years? From like you said, back in the Althea days to now, and what has kind of been the influence of certain people like the Williams sisters on the number of people of color you're seeing on the tour? Very, very good. You know. Um, very interesting. When I actually started playing tennis, it was like late seventy into the eighties, and at that particular time, of course, Arthur Ashe was well known. Uh-huh. You know, uh, uh, especially we're speaking of it in the seventies. Arthur Ashe was the main main guy, uh, uh, gentleman at least that that played tennis. Uh, such a real gentleman. Uh-huh. And he was um, so 
what I would call a, a philanthropist. Mm -hmm. He was always trying to help some worthy cause or whatever it was. So um, looking from the point of, of Arthur Ashe, and he became so international, uh, Thea Gibson was to start. That was the beginning. Right. We, we in the 50s and certainly had an excellent serve. I, I remember trying to resemble that serve, and I said, gosh, I, I never be able to serve like her. <laughs> She's a little bit taller than me. What, what, right? But, but uh, yeah, so as we fast forward, guys, very, very good question. Uh, from there, we went on to um, – uh, we went on to primarily Zena Garrison, yes. Laura McNeil. Correct, right. I think they were pretty much 80s. Mm -hmm. I think Zena might have played in the finals. Never won a Grand Slam. Right. But came in the finals, came very close at Wimbledon. Mm -hmm. Was that 84 or something? 80? It, it was because I remember she played Martina she Navratilova. She played Navratilova, mm -hmm. yes. uh, So I did, didn't really, uh, for sponsorship, uh, wasn't necessarily there at that time, still wasn't getting the type of sponsorship that was deserving. Uh, but excellent. Zena and Lori did an excellent job out of Houston mm -hmm. and uh, a wonderful coach there who was like their father. Um, and then as we fit, uh, fast forward from there, I want to make sure that I'm not missing anyone. There were a couple others, but I'm just going to fast forward to, to uh, Zena to um, uh, Venus and Serena. When Venus and Serena started, uh, they were probably maybe eight, nine, I don't remember the quite ages, but there was more of an acceptance at that time. Uh, uh, and so they actually, uh, the programs being able to uh, receive a benefit of going, being actually at a tennis academy, like Rick Macy or whatever. That was that was really uh, fantastic, a uh, Rick Macy to do that because those academies can be very expensive, yes. can be very costly. Yes. So that to to many of us was fantastic. What happened, guys, is that some of the programs like Volunteer and others, they would take on persons, uh, especially minorities and say, okay, we'll work with you. Let's see what, what we can do. We'll help each other. So that was great. Um, and so uh, when we, and until the 90s, uh, I think Venus and Serena might have played their first major tournament. They became popular in the, I would say, mid-90s, maybe 96, 97, when they played their first first tournaments. Uh -huh. uh, you have your WTA, and then, of course, you have your Grand Slams and others, BNP Paribas. Uh, so um, at that time, many of your top 20, I would say top 10 tennis players were millionaires. Uh -huh. right. The money, the purse has increased. The the purse has increased. At one time, they, there was a difference as far as gender. The males made more than the females. Venus, I know, was very instrumental in the Aunt Serena uh, with Billie Jean King to uh, promote that advancement 
of equality in terms right. of of the the, the pay right. equal pay right. uh-huh. yeah. yeah in particular was Venus mm-hmm. absolutely and so in fact I think when she made this speech at Wimbledon and yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, yeah. you know you know guys you all are, you're all, I knew you were, I know I see those are some smart guys <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right you're absolutely right and so I'm just going off memory I remember that speech and we go like wow that was so exciting mm-hmm. so the purse actually I mean, it was just great because there's so much money in tennis. Tennis is such an international sport, mm-hmm. yes. and it's 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 uh, uh, it was always this sport sort of called about etiquette. And if, if the ball was closed, then you always say is yours. You were always being uh, and operating in, in in integrity. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that the others are not, but if, they, if those are the kind of sports, and so from there. Uh, there was a lot of money to be made in those sports. And Richard had the daddy and the mother. At this time, Richard was doing traveling because they have other children. So the, the mom, uh, Orsine, wasn't able to travel as much. So a lot of us coaches and different persons, we were familiar with Richard. And In fact, he had an academy at one time in Florida. Uh, he, had, he had an actual academy, yes. He taught in Florida for a while. And uh, so we were familiar with, with him. But what Richard said, he said, now you all see Venus. He said, but there is one that's come along that's going to be better. Mm-hmm. The youngest one is going to be better than the oldest one. I remember him saying that many times <laughs> because I, I got a chance to sit in a box some years ago. Uh, of course, the they're, they're adults now, but when they were coming up, I knew the mom and dad, in particular Richard, quite well. And we still communicate and, and have great conversations. Uh, and so uh, from that point, uh, that vision that he saw, that vision that he saw, uh, that also was money there. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was a lot of, in the past, I would say maybe 15 or more, 20 years or more, there's been great money in tennis. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you play and you make it past one or two rounds at any of the grand slams, mm-hmm. you might get 50, 60, 70,000. That's a lot of money just to make it past the first round or two. And yeah. so, so uh, and then the, the BNP Paribas, a great tournament as well. Uh, where you can, it's like the second one on, after, after the Grand Slam, the BNP Paribas, probably either one, one or, or yeah, well, yeah, so we, uh, oh, just excited about the wonderfulness of how, um, you know, the, the, the monies have increased. So when you talk about, and as far as minorities, starting with Ithia Gibson, Arthur Ashe, fantastic. Athea Gibson dealt with a lot of hostility in Arthur Ashe as well, to a certain degree. And then Zena Laurie, but as we fast forward to Venus Serena, really were able to, uh, many of your minorities, um, all different nationalities, races, or however, were able to see them. And, and so, so many, especially girls, of all nationality, we talk about Asian and all the others, you know, and mm-hmm. so uh, began to play tennis. I remember in around 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, there were so many 
just get started. There were so many in the academies. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would go to the girl 14, 16, 18s, and then you have the boys at Kalamazoo. There were a great number, but there were a great number in terms of girls. So it was a great impact on, on, on girls of, of not only just African-Americans, Asians, but some of the others as well, mm-hmm. internationally. Uh, uh, just seeing them play, I remember um, watching TV and we would have watching parties uh, mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, just seeing Serena was just, oh my gosh, she was just so, uh, such a strong player. Venus was too. And many of us, to be honest, that go way back in tennis, we all knew Venus. It was like Venus, Venus, Venus. And we still are like Venus, Venus, Venus. Serena has done an excellent job. But the beginning in terms of them was Venus. Venus was the start. And so, uh, and, and they are, everybody will look, to Venus, and then and then as as time changed, uh, and and Serena began to win so many Grand Slams and so many tournaments, we're just so I'm just so excited for them. I am so happy to see them come from Compton, and 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 the beginnings to where they are today. They are multimillionaires. Yes, mm-hmm. both yes. of them. Yes, they have uh, just received a plethora. Of, I mean, you can't imagine the awards that they have received and the monies, the endorsements, and um, I'm I, I'm just I'm, I'm just thrilled uh, to to see what's the next level as they move on to another level because we we are uh, you know time goes on and we yes. have to progress and move on and it's just going to be so <laughs> exciting to see what they are able to accomplish. And I'm still excited about tennis. And again, I'm excited about pickleball. And if you have more questions, just please, I'll be happy to answer uh, because I'll rattle on and on and talk about all, all these, the, the Olympics and everything, you know, talk about Paris and being over there and, and uh, all the great things that are, that's happened in my life. It's been a blessing. So, so Linda, I actually have a question in regards to your coaching. So uh-huh. on the coaching side of tennis, talk to us about, you know, have you coached anyone that's been on the actual tour? Have you been focused on the juniors when you were coaching tennis? Mm-hmm. How, how did that part of your career, I guess, uh, work, work, work with you? Very good. Very good. So with a lot of the players, it's very, very great. Uh, for me, <clears throat> I primarily coached everyday kids. Now, I have some of them made an ATP tour, WTA tour. A lot of my juniors. Um, uh, playing, uh, some of them have played uh, professionally at all different levels, but my focus was primarily on getting that player to the next level and and getting them an opportunity to go to the USTA and from there join that USTA player development program so they can move on to the next level. Okay. So I worked a lot with, it's like one of my students I started uh, well, several of them I started pretty much around five, six years old. Some of them played Kalamazoo, some played uh, uh, WTA, some of them played uh, all the different levels. Some of them were able to play uh, uh, the, 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 the Grand Slams. Uh, in terms of the top players, I was more um, in, in my various positions, I was able to be more of a confidant to a lot of the 
parents. Okay. Like at you know, in terms of Richard Williams and some of the others, yeah. uh, uh, like with just currently with uh, Alicia uh, Parks and some of the others mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. just played the BNP Paribas, uh, because they wanted. Uh, uh, I remember several of the parents and, and uh, the, a lot of the girls that played at the top level uh, said, "Well, we want we want to have a woman involved." Mm -hmm. we, we want to we and, and, and I, we understood that and I and it, and it was great to to certainly have that opportunity to to be there for them uh I did not tour a lot like a lot of coaches that would travel with their players and and all I was not uh I would attend various events and I would talk with the various parents and would give them ideas or suggestions or if I saw something and I thought would be beneficial to them and I would uh, uh, talk with them in terms of what, where you're going to go next and being uh, uh, an advisor to them, uh, what are you planning to do, do next where that student at this particular level? So um, a lot of the younger players that you see out on the tour now, some are, you know, I would say younger players, they were young at that time, they're a little bit older now. Uh, but a lot of the parents, I would would uh, we would spend time, be it lunch or dinner, whatever, on the court. You know, we would get have nice conversation like we we're talking. Right. And I would uh, provide uh, whatever advice I could, uh, financial opportunities, uh, whatever opportunities that I I thought were out there that they could utilize. Beautiful. So Wonderful. that has been my my primary role. Okay. So, you know, just kind of wrapping this all up, you know, what message would you send to our listeners about, especially those who have not yet played pickleball, they've heard about it, um, you know, what would be your um, advice to them and a reason why they should check it out? You know, that's a great question. Uh, pickleball is so much fun. It's, it's very social. And, um, of course, we're playing four people on the court. And if there are four people, primarily uh, the recreational players play four people. And, and you see it on the tour as well, uh, uh, more so than singles. And, and, and because there's a short learning curve, guys, mm -hmm. there's a short learning curve. Okay. Uh, now, once you reach a certain level, then you're going to need to spend a little bit more quality time. But it just is a short learning curve. You, you know, like with tennis, uh, people would take, I've had students take lessons from me eight, nine, ten years oh, wow. or more. Right. Okay. And some would come back on the tour and they was, uh, we want to, you know, whatever. So, so um, whereas with pickleball, it is a short learning curve. A lot of people that are out playing pickleball have not been in it a long period of time. Whereas in tennis, is a lot more competitive, uh, uh, and it's hard to to get to that particular level quickly. So, because of the learning curve that's involved uh, and, and people having fun, uh, anytime you're having fun, you want you want to continue. And so, uh, I love. Uh, you know, playing myself out, and of course, like playing the tours a little bit because you're making some investment, but it's still fun. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, would, I think it's the guys. I think it's the fun level that makes the difference, right? Uh, in terms of, uh, of players and and uh, uh, you know, just uh, opportunity. It's new, mm -hmm. and you know how how we are when something is innovative and it's new, new in terms of. 
is uh, in the past three to four years is growth. Right. Because again, it's, I think it started around the 60s. But the growth has been so tremendous. Uh, and just looking at the plethora of, of people that are still in their 90s. I know some people in their 90s. I have several of my students uh, that are in their 80s, in late 80s that are playing. I, oh, wow. I don't know if I have a student in my 90s, in the, in the 90s, that, but I do have some some of my students in their 80s, late 80s that I work with. And it's such a delight. Uh, and they're so excited about it. Again, there are four people primarily on the court. And so we're sharing this responsibility. Whereas well, a lot of times when you look at tennis and you're looking at uh, one person, uh, singles is very, very important. Okay. So the other thing I would say about pickleball, if you're playing tournaments and uh, so there, where you go to the Margaritaville, which is going to be in December here. In tennis, you go and you see the top players. Mm-hmm. In pickleball, the top players are there, but also the recreational players are playing too. They have paid a fee. Mm-hmm. We are, we are playing in the tournament as well, amateurs. Nice. nice. So when you go to Margaritaville, there may be two, two or three thousand people there that are not top tour players. Mm-hmm. So they get everybody involved. The tournament just a couple of weeks ago, there were uh, uh, thousands of players there. And I think that's the difference where you go to see tennis. You and I are not necessarily playing. We're going to see the top players, especially the top, you know, we go, well, the top 100 players or whatever the players are, uh, especially the top 10 or 20 players are very, very popular. Whereas pickleball, you know, the top players are playing again, two or 3,000 other people playing as well. There are some differences in terms of that. And I think that has made a difference. And so you having people that are everyday persons paying 150, whatever they're playing, if they're playing doubles, singles or whatever, three, they're paying money as well. So Mm -hmm. you're talking about a lot of people. Right. Yeah. And that anytime you're talking about a lot of people, you're talking about growth. Mm -hmm. Numbers. Right. Very smart. Right. Right. <laughs> See, so not only are you going playing and watching the top uh, top pros, you're playing, but you're having fun. And you know, oh, I played, I played at, at Margaritaville too, and I could be a two old player. They're all different levels, and all good, not necessarily all top level players. Two point five, three old. They're playing at Margaritaville as well, or some of the tournaments. So I think that has been tremendous. In terms of growth, I think to me that has made the growth and made pickleball what it is today. Uh, again, the fun I would say uh, is number one, but in terms of the growth and all that, it's been so many people involved. If you can get involved with something, it's like you go somewhere and you're there just looking, but you also playing as well. Ooh, I'm playing. I'm playing at the U.S. <laughs> Open. I'm playing at the French. So I think that has been tremendous. Now, how long all that's going to take place, what's going to, what the transition is going to be, I cannot tell you, but I can tell you about what's happening currently. And that's why I want to maybe go on a four, five, six month uh, tour of pickleball. Some of the top tennis people in the nation uh, I have talked to on several occasions because they know I don't mind sharing with them what I think is uh, important in terms of collaboration or we can all work it together uh, for the common good. 
So, so it's, it's, it's fabulous. It's fabulous. Good question. Well, I tell you what, we are ready to hit the course. Okay. Yes. And, okay. Um, and listeners, we will let you know how ugly it was uh, <laughs> next week. But at least we have a certified instructor right here. To All right. I'm excited. Right I'm excited. So, there you go. So, Ms. Pauline, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, all guys. You're just thank a you. Of knowledge. I, I love you look all. forward to staying in yes. contact with Y'all you. Y'all like my son. There you go. Y'all like, okay. Yeah, I'm That's my son. We're like, here's Auntie. There you go. Yes, yes, yes. So, listeners, hopefully you've enjoyed. And if you have not had an opportunity to go try pickleball, definitely go do that. So we're going to sign off from here and hit the courts. Uh, on behalf of the podcast, uh, this is your boy Bryce. And this is your boy Isaac. And we are Brothers on Tennis. Everyone, take care.